Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We're back, and it's been too long. And this week we'll be focusing on some of the earlier Hanron Barbera works. So we'll be putting Snooper and Blabber up against the Rough and Ready show. And we'll be taking a special look at the Yogi Bear show. Things haven't changed much, so producer Paul and I are still in different locations. But as ever, we'll be here to still bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's uh, producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright. Well, let's, um, let's start the show and, uh, you know, maybe we can put some smiles on people's faces with a bit of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've missed this. I've, it, it, like I said, it's, it's been a minute, so uh, I'm trying to shake off the cobwebs and, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this. And obviously, if it brings smiles to your faces just for, uh, just for a minute, then uh, I can kind of leave this happy so uh right let's uh let's start with the rough and ready show so we're going back to december 1957 and uh some of the things happening in the world president sukarno of indonesia expels all dutch people Elvis Presley receives his draft notice to join the U.S. Army for national service. Wales gets its own Minister of State in the Westminster government for the very first time. The Bridge on the River Kwai, one of my dad's all-time favourite films, was in the cinemas. And You Send Me by Sam Cooke was number one in the charts. It's funny how I was going to say, like, oh, let's go back to happier times of 1957. And uh, first thing is, yeah, I don't, don't think the world was much better in uh, 1957. I, I think segregation and what did the Dutch do? I think they were colonizing Indonesia. Oh, is that what I was? Because <laughs> I was like, uh, I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> first thing, people were sent away because of their uh, nationality. I was like, yeah. I think it was kind of that period where all the countries were like, yeah. This is not cool. Y'all ain't got to go home, but y'all need to get up out of our country. So this was when lots of the independent movement was uh, was uh, happening. Cool. And uh, we're talking about the Rough and Ready show. So this was the animated series that was first made by Hanna and Barbera Productions. So this was their first real kind of thing that they did alone once they um dropped the studio. Yeah. And uh yeah, so this is basically uh, again uh, the buddy theme that they had explored with Tom and Jerry, but unlike Tom and Jerry, Rough and Ready weren't adversaries, but they were housemates and, and best friends. And the series is actually notable as one of the earliest original animated television programs and a pioneering use of limited animation techniques. So this was, again, part of the whole 
limited animation, Hannah Barbera innovated and kind of used with their with their programming. Uh, the the theme song was composed by Hoyt Curtin, who also did the Flintstones, Top Cat, the Jetsons, Johnny Quest, Super Friends, Josie and the Pussycats, and the Smurfs. And he first met Hannah Barbera when he worked on a Schlitz beer commercial. And what he kind of said about the meeting was, and I quote, about two weeks later, they called and had a lyric they read over the phone. Could I write a tune for it? I called back in five minutes and sang it to them. Silence. Uh Uh-oh, I bombed out. The next thing I heard was a deal to record it. Rough and ready. (laughs) At that moment, they had quit MGM and started their own company. All of our first main titles were done in that fashion. Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw, McGraw, etc. So yeah, you kind of have that catchy, it's rough and ready, rough and ready. That was, yeah, so that's the the kind of way of doing it. And and again, it was something that Hanna-Barbera did. It was their kind of signature. And uh, rough and ready in the select languages. Oh, I've missed doing this. Oh, we haven't done this for a while. <laughs> okay. Right. If I've uh, offended your language, then uh, please, I uh, I apologize. So uh, in Brazilian Portuguese, rough and ready is jambo and ruvaio. French was poof and ricky. Italian, rough e ready. Macedonian was zoltko e lutko. Polish was rough e ready. Serbian was zutko e lujutko. Spanish was rough e ready. Swedish was rough ok ready. Japanese was suzio rafuti. Swana, which is a uh, African language, is ralafo le rali. Hungarian rough s ready and German was rough und ready. Okay. So uh, again, I think we kind of talked about this when we did the Hanna Barbera special. So 1957 was when Hanna Barbera were terminated from their 18 year long tenure at MGM Studios. And obviously that was when they were doing the Tom and Jerry theatrical shorts. And they remained a partnership and invested 30000 out of their own pocket into a new venture, HB Enterprises. And they began working on storyboards featuring new characters. And obviously the first among them was Rough, a cat, and Ready, a dog. And then Hannah later equated their respective names with he and his partner's deposition at the period in which they were created. And again, they felt really confident about Rough and Ready, the characters, and they presented their proposal along with a streamlined production budget employing limited animation. And if you guys remember, limited animation, it requires a few, far fewer drawings and by extension, less inking and painting. And the method was employed by necessity as higher budgets had been the cause for the collapse of the theatrical cartoon business. 
And in addition to the quick, the quicker, cheaper production process, Hanna-Barbera made a decision to produce the segments in full color. Hanna had said it was one of the smartest things that we did. We said color will be here soon. Cartoons last forever. Let's go ahead and do them in color and we'll be a jump ahead of the game. And yeah, they most certainly were, even with limited animation, I think. Because obviously I think back then drawing and the storyboards that was very much a thing that's why all the characters look the same then <laughs> okay yeah okay you know what Fe- I, n- I never saw that but now i kind of see <laughs> with some of the characters it is there are a lot of similarities and i guess they can do it because it's, it's their thing isn't it shoot let them <laughs> do it and uh again Han and barbera were fond of the ongoing comedic report of cartoon duos and i think that's what we're going to be focusing on today and among them they were obviously trying to do do it with the rivals of obviously wiley coyote and roadrunner and sylvester and tweety from uh competitions of warner bros and yeah they they kind of said with rough and ready we're gonna we're going to make them best mates instead of having a cat and a dog fighting like we did with Tom and Jerry. And again, William Hanna had said, and I quote, consequently, this softer relationship placed a greater emphasis on the humor and wit conveyed to the audience through dialogue. And yeah, Hanna wrote the, the series theme music and then having Hoyt Curtin to record it. And Again, like his technique was to capture the spirit of the characters while also catching the listener's ear. And yeah, again with Hannah Robert, they've got some cracking theme songs. Top Cat, the most effectual Top Cat, or Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, they're a prehistoric family. And what else have they got? Okay, Josie and the Pussycats, Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. La 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 la. Oh come on, Johnny Johnny Quest theme song slaps. Drop the ball, man. Stop. They've got so many good ones. They didn't. If I was writing, if I was writing my CV, I'd leave that one off the list. No. We're talking about. I mean, okay, the '964 version was a bit dry. Even the 1986 version, but the 1996 version, come on. I'll, 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 I'll probably go to the gym with that with that, <laughs> with that, that soundtrack, no, man. It's probably Rocky IV, surely. Yeah, amongst other ones as well. And with, with Rough and Ready now, this was the, uh, the interesting thing about Rough and Ready. Because the way the episodes were set up, I think I kind of warned you with the messages. Because it'll have like a little three-minute thing. And then they'd be like, find out next time in this episode. See, what they did was the series was the opening and closing acts of a half an hour children's programming syndicate. So they would air the first episode at the beginning of that sort of programming. And then at the end, I'm guessing they'll be like, hey, did you remember Rough and Ready? Rough was in the mouth of a crocodile. Will he make it out alive? Here's the rough and ready show. But then it'll be over in a uh, couple of minutes. In 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 in, in three minutes time. And uh Dawes Butler, 
was ready and Don Messick was rough. Now, Dawes Butler also did the voices of Barney Rubble, Elroy Jetson, Hair Bear, Yogi Bear, Snagglepuss, and Scooby Dum. And Don Messick, who was the voice of Ruff, he did Scooby Doo, Bam Bam, Rubble, Astro, Muttley, Sebastian the Cat, and Azriel. So they all kind of had their. <laughs> <laughs> So and um, I'll 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 pass the floor to you. What did you think of the Rough and Ready show? Um, I I hadn't watched it before, so I was quite uh, me, me I was neither. Surprised. I I did actually for the first time really, and I I picked up you know that all of the the teams are like would be adversaries normally, and and I and I yeah. know you've probably mentioned it a hundred times, but it's one thing I when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is this is a thing for them, and. <laughs> And I and I, I was actually really enjoying it. Um, one thing I did notice that, and and I was and I was and it really kind of um, this program made it hit home that like loads of there was like a string of you know a long string of episodes that were related, right? So kind of some episodic thing. And yeah, and I was thinking that people back in the day had way more like kind of patience and loyalty and like if you think now like it's a novelty to bring out a program to you know like say a series gets released it's a novelty if it's only released once a week and then people will still wait until it's all over and then binge watch it like binge watching is the new thing it's like, like this 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 watching it like every day or every week or whatever it is is and remembering what happened you know, and having this that's so this, true this involvement is it's like it's so it's not there anymore. Like the only thing really you've got to, to do that is um I mean I watched all of the first kind of program in one go and Yeah and same. the only thing really I can compare like from back in the day is and it's still around now is soap operas. It's the only thing. Like the East Enders, Coronation Street and Emmerdale and things like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really like that whole thing about like, oh I can't wait to watch it next week. It's not a thing anymore, and I th- I find that quite a bit a bit sad, really. You know that is so true because, you know how we always said, "Oh, I love three minute programs or five minute programs." Yeah. I hated it because I'm watching like the first episode of Rough and Ready, and I'm like three minutes, and I'm watching it, and it's like okay, I'm I'm settling in, I'm watching and it, stopped. and it's already over. <laughs> it's like here's Rough, here's Ready, and uh oh. Is that a spaceship? Find out next week so, on Rough and Ready. Imagine, like, imagine if you were a kid and it's like, tune in next week. You'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind. I can't wait till next week. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you would be there at that time to watch on TV because yes. otherwise you've missed it. Like, Yes, that is so true. I didn't think of it like that, you know? Yeah, because as a kid, we're watching TV programs and whatnot. And we're like eagerly, like, I don't know, for example, if it's, Grange Hill or something, and we watched a, a cliffhanger episode. We're gonna be like eagerly waiting to to go and watch it. Whereas, yeah, like I say, like nowadays, it's all on Netflix. Like Netflix will just drop a whole series. There you go. Yeah. Here's here's all ten episodes. Have at it. Exactly. And like I said, if it's a novelty, if they bring them out, like Better Call Saul is, is when it's released. It's releasing episodes every week, and, and yeah, and I I know people. Uh, I've got some friends that wait until the whole thing's released 
and then binge watch. Yeah, it. I do that because they they love to binge watch now. It's, it's not like a. It's not. It's not a binge watching thing for me. I hate cliffhangers, yeah. so I kind of want to be in control of my own destiny in terms of watching stuff. So but if I know that it's all there for me to watch, just just because it's there. I, I wonder if it changes the the um, the writers. Um approach when 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 they know now like say if you were writing um eastenders right and then on a yeah right this episode is going to be released on a friday i'm going to make some massive cliffhanger so that people are losing their minds by monday right i wonder now if they know that people are just going to go straight on to the next episode if it changes their approach to a cliffhanger um no i think they would i think for eastenders and programming like that they just need to stay doing whatever they're doing you're a soap your deal is to make sure people are watching tomorrow and the next day and the next day with your um with your storylines that's what you need to do and uh i mean the way again the way i said it the way they did it it was actually a a success so obviously this was hannah and barbera sticking their neck out on the line this is their first foray into tv and going alone and they've put their own money into it they've gone out on a limb and said rough and ready here it is what do you think and i think it was a a ratings winner and uh, they signed uh, the duo to a five-year contract and they developed additional animated television series i think huckleberry hound came after that and then from Huckleberry Hound, you had Yogi Bear, and it kind of took off for for Hannah and Barbera back then. Right, shall we talk about episodes? Yeah, can I go first? Because um, <laughs> yeah, uh, as I said, I was a little bit preoccupied this week, but um, uh, so basically, I watched thirteen episodes. Actually, fourteen, of course 14 episodes. It's 13, yeah, it's 13. Um, and then, but that was basically one episode. <laughs> yeah, that it, that's what it is. It's like 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah, so I'm not going to say in this 1. episode, nothing, this had to happen because... <laughs> we'll be here. It's all right, I've, I've, got, I've got the names down. So. Okay, so like, I'll just go through the whole first kind of series that I watched, if you, if you like. Um, I did start to watch one um, where they went up in a hot air balloon and they were trying to get down, um, but... That wasn't the main one. I had to stop watching that one because uh, I couldn't find a link. Um, but so the first one I really watched was one where so Rough and Ready are uh, in the back garden. They're looking at the stars and 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 there was lots of being... episodes called Planet Pirates. By Planet Pirates. Oh yeah. Okay. So Planet Pirates and they were they're looking and there's been UFO sightings and they're saying oh well I think Rough is like oh, what what load of rub- rubbish and Ready's like oh no I think it's legit sort of thing uh, anyway so they ended up getting abducted by aliens of course uh, what you know why else um and um they end up taking control of the they kind of like have a little fight with the um with the aliens and when when earth is when out of- on the planet muni mula yeah, but before which what, is before that what, aluminium backwards. That's their planet they end up. Going yeah, I didn't on. write. I didn't write the name of it down. As it well remembered. Um, but they take over the spaceship because when they leave Earth's gravity, 
they start floating and then the the um I think Ruff already open up the top hatch and so I think Ruff hits the roof no Reddy hits the roof and then the, the spaceman floats off and into infinite space um anyway they end up somehow getting caught in the gravity of Mooly Moola is that what it's called yeah um uh, and it, and they the mad monster of Mooney Moola yeah so they end up going to their planet crashing and they end up going to the um uh the big boss man who one of his heads, he has two heads and they keep spinning around and like, it's a like good cop, bad cop kind of thing going on. Yeah. And one of them sounded like, um, uh, it sounds like Choo Choo from, um, from Top Cat. I wasn't sure if it's the same voice actor or not. Just, I wanted to point that Possibly. out. Possibly. Um, by the way, this is not a criticism. I, you know, I'm a massive fan of Top Cat. So like, these are good, like kind of, Especially to see what where they came from as well. Do you know what I mean? Like the like, yeah, oh, that yeah, person yeah. sounded like that in that episode, and then oh, I'll use that good bit and I'll I'll bring it over here. Anyway, so it turns out that this is basically like a Wizard of Oz thing. There's some like, little bloke in a massive suit, and he was kind of controlling all the baddies. Doctor Gizmo. Yeah. Uh, it turns out he's an he's an astronaut though that was from Earth, and he went on an adventure, and he he's tried to get back home. He has some busted old rocket. Um. And they all end up getting on the rocket, and um, and Reddy gets out of the rocket to push it because it's not starting properly. And then they, they shoot off and they leave him behind. And um, and then they he gets it. He gets on one of these space. They're all being chased by the space things, and he puts on his space hat and uh, this flying space hat, and he's like, right, I'm gonna go and catch up, kind of thing. And they realize that he's not in the aircraft, so they, they turn around the spaceship. Sorry, they turn around and and they, they they've got the guns out because the, all the baddies are chasing him, and they start <laughs> shooting him because he's he's got one of the baddies space, and he gets in a big old mood about that. But um, uh, and then basically they rescue him, and they end up coming back to Earth, and that's 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 about it. Well, I'll try and do that and try and fill in the gaps by naming each episode. So obviously the first episode was Planet Pirates and they're sitting down and they're talking about UFOs and unidentified flying objects and Reddy's got his little water gun going, if a UFO comes, I'm going to shoot him in the head and what have you. And then they get abducted by Alien for real. So episode two was Night Flight Fright. So they... They're on board the flying saucer and they basically manage to avoid the space creatures and they're trying to commandeer the control room. So they're trying to lock lock themselves in the, the control room. And then the third episode was the Whamma Bama Gamma gun. <laughs> so Reddy manages to get hold of the space creatures gun. And he injects them into a spe- he injects them into outside space. So they're all going going right up there and then the fourth one was the mastermind of Mooney Moola so they're on planet Mooney Moola and like I said it's backwards for aluminum Rough and Ready are basically taken to the mastermind and he wants them to be duplicated as robots and he's got two faces as you said and one with the voice and personality of Phil Silver's Sergeant Bilko which I don't really know what that means and yeah, so episode five is the mad monster of Mooney Moola. 
So Reddy's trying to stop the mass productions of robots, but he ends up getting brainwashed and turned into a machine. And that leads us to episode six, which was Hocus Pocus Focus. And Ruff is trying to rescue his friend Reddy, but the mastermind orders Reddy to capture him. And episode seven, Mooney Moola mix-up. So Reddy's brainwash wears off. And the Hocus Pocus focus takes Ruff and Reddy to the mastermind. And episode eight was Creepy Creature Feature. And the mastermind turns out to be little Dr. Gizmo. And he was imprisoned by the mechanical brain. So Reddy ends up destroying it. Episode nine was the Creepy Creature. So Ruff, Reddy and Dr. Gizmo are are chased by the Creepy Creature until Reddy kind of deals with it. And Surprise in the Skies was episode 10. And so the Mooney Moola army are on their tail. And yeah, so they escaped the planet, as you said, without Reddy. Episode 11 was Crowds in the Clouds. So Dr. Gizmo has a, a secret weapon where he covers the rocket with the clouds so that the Mooney Moola army don't see where they're going. And Reddy gets a hold of a flying helmet. Number 12 was Reddy's rocket rescue. And so Dr. Gizmo managed to rescue Reddy. And that was after he kind of shot at him. Because he's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. It's me, it's me. And then the Dr. Gizmo's like, with a gun. And he shoots him off. And then he's like, oh, thanks a lot, guys. And then the last one was Rocket Ranger Danger. So the ship is hit by a mammoth meteor and the ship crash lands on a mountain back on Earth. Nobody believes their story that they were in outside space and they encountered aliens and UFOs and what have you. And yeah, that kind of episode came to an end. And the other episode I watched was all about a baby elephant trying to go to Africa. So... Pinky and the pint-sized Pachyderm, I think it is. So yeah, so a baby elephant is he's part of a circus troupe and he basically tries to escape because he wants to go back home to Africa and be reunited with his mum and he encounters Rough and Reddy and he asks them to take him home to Africa. So the second episode was Last Trip of a Ghost Ship so Ruff, Reddy, and Pinky board the Voodoo Queen ghost ship. And after they meet the, the parrot that's there, the ship goes into motion. I did like that uh, Reddy was like... So they come across a irate pirate. So that was episode three, the irate pirate. And the dog is like, who that? Who that? Huda, Huda. He just kept saying that. And then I think the parrot's going, Huda, 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 Huda. So that was that was something that uh that kind of made me giggle. And yeah, they come across a pirate called Crossbones Jones. And yeah, so he's basically trying to make them work because he's now now they're like stowaways of the ship or whatever that means. They know, yeah, so they have to work for him. And then obviously they're like, oh, we don't want to work for you. And they try to uh, escape. But then um, 
Reddy lights a big old dynamite and they end up stranded onto the sea. So episode five was marooned in Typhoon Lagoon. So they cruise to an island. And apparently this island is Africa now. They've managed to make it. And Ruff gets captured by scary, hairy Safari, who has a likening to Dustly. He's kind of got like the long moustache. He's kind of got a, ah, 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 I am scary Safari. So he's like a poacher. And he's basically looking for elephants or lions. And so jungle jitters. So basically he's trying to look, he's using rough so that he can try and get to a lion. But rough is like to the lion. Hey, 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 you and me, we're, we're, we're cousins. We should look out for each other as part of the cat community. So the lion's like, okay, no problem. And before scary safari whatever his name is scary hairy safari the lion comes to the rescue and all three run for it and miles of crocodiles was episode nine and they're surrounded by crocodiles and then episode 10 was a creep in the deep so reddy is like in the middle of the crocodiles after saving rough and pinky and then scary safari and the baby elephant make a deal so he's like if you save ready then you know you can you can take me and you can shoot me as long as you uh save my friend and then hot shot plot so uh rough and ready they follow it they follow scary safari who took pinky away and basically the mum somehow is on this island too like i said they're all in Africa somehow. One big country, Africa. And then basically scary safaris like, oh, your mum. Mm, that's two elephants that I can kill. Oh, happy day. And then the gloom of doom. So rough and ready. They follow scary safari to try and save Pinky. And then after that he's trying to shoot them but he misfires and he has because he has an empty rifle and so they managed to defeat the scary hairy safari and rough and ready managed to stow away back home to america and that was the rough and ready show and uh one couple of more things about this show I believe they both make an appearance on Yogi's Treasure Hunt, which was a, a TV show in the 80s. And what else? Yeah, so the, the opening and closing episodes of The Rough and Ready were paired up with classic cartoons such as The Fox and the Crow and Lil Abner. So they were the, the shows that would accompany uh, The Rough and, and, and Ready show. And um, to conclude on that show, I yeah, it was it was all right. I kind of liked it. It was it was kind of cute. There's nothing not to like about it. Nothing like at at all. Um... Yeah, it was just it was there, wasn't it? It was there. Right. Let's go on to Snooper and Blabber, and we're going back to 
September. <laughs> <laughs> September. September 1959. So uh, some of the things happening in the world. Luna 2 becomes the first man-made object to crash on the moon. The USSR Premier Nikita Khrushchev and his wife tour the United States at the invitation of US President Dwight David Eisenhower. The Xerox 914, the first plain paper copier, is introduced to the public. Mise Air, which means I am Island, was in the cinemas and it was the first feature-length Irish language film. And Here Comes Summer by Jerry Heller was in the charts. And yeah, so we're talking about Snooper and Blabber. So this was one of the uh, three sequences that came from the Quick Draw McGraw show. So just a quick note on the Quick Draw McGraw, quick draw McGraw show. Try saying that fast. So yeah, it's an animated uh, television series, again, produced by Hannah and Barbera. And yeah, so the series featured three cartoons per episode, with Quick Draw and his sidekick, Baba Louie, appearing in the first segment. Father and son duo, Augie Doggy and Doggy, Daggy, Doggy Daddy in the second. And they obviously the cat and mouse detective, Snooper and Blabber were the third. So Snooper and Blabber, they were, you have to say, the uh, cat and mouse detectives, respectively working for the Super Snooper Detective Agency. Super Snooper, which is his full name, is more or less the one in command whenever the pair takes on a case. While Blabber Mouse, which is a play on Blabber Mouth, but not to be confused with the Merry Melodies character, Little Blabbermouth. And he follows whatever orders Snooper gives him. And Snooper's voice was patterned after Ed Gardner's Archie on the 1940s radio show Duffy's Tavern. And Blabber splits with a lisp. Hence, he calls his senior partner Snooper. <clears throat> and it was one of the rare shows that paired a cat and mouse that were not enemies. And Snooper makes frequent contact with his agent, Hazel, who was never shown, but he's revealed to have a parakeet as a pet. I mean, there's, there isn't, I guess, not a great deal to say about Snooper and Blabber, so... Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, so one of my first notes is that um, Snooper looks like um, Spook from Top Cat. Um <laughs> so, uh, you're gonna run with this forever, I think, aren't yeah, you? I think it's gonna, whole... If I find a Hannah Barbera cartoon, which inevitably they're gonna be one very shortly, um, I'll have to kind of draw <laughs> comparisons. Um, yeah, again, I never heard of it, never seen it. Um, Same. But it was, I mean, I know Quick Draw McGraw show. Yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe I had heard of it, but it wasn't something that I knew. Like as well as the other Hannah and Barbera, yeah, of course. It's one of the bigger ones that we've all, yeah. all, all all seen. But I mean, it was a good little show. I enjoyed the dynamic between the cat and the mouse. Um, that, yeah, like that, like, it was really like, genuinely really good, like writing. Hmm. Hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was cute. I thought it was. Um, I did like the 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 tandem that they had. 
again, it, it is refreshing not to have a, a cat and mouse at each other's throats. Yeah. As with Tom and Jerry. Um, yeah, so they they also appear on Yogi's Treasure Hunt as well. And they also appeared on Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics. So yeah, Hanna-Barbera did like to recycle their uh, their characters and put them wherever wherever they could. I mean, the one thing I will say about this program was that I'm not sure it made a great deal of sense. I mean, because with Rough and Ready, there was a there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. Albeit it was very drawn out and long. Whereas this was seven minutes, and you're still kind of wondering. Okay, is that the ending? Yeah. Maybe you should have another couple more minutes and kind of round everything up. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, my notes are very, very sparse in in these episodes. So I think, yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, Might as well jump into it then. Right, so this is one of the ones I didn't get to watch. That I only watched two episodes, I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Um, That's all right. um, So basically... uh, Series one, episode one. Um, I'm not sure what the episode names are, so you have to forgive that. Puss and booty. Um, so that was so the, uh, first the first episode. scene in this it actually made me laugh because there's something about like, do you know, do you know when you say like some kind of, um, what, what's it kind of like cliches when they kind of like you know like, for example, in this episode it was a cat in a bag in a river, uh, and <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. I don't know. It just makes me laugh. So. Not because there's a cat in a bag, I just want to point out, but you know, just like kind of when cliches happen in cartoons and things yeah. like that. I really I, I enjoy that kind of cheesiness. I really I think it's quite funny. So the first thing is a cat is in a bag in floating along a river, or there's something and and they think, Oh my god, let's get this out because they see someone launch over this bridge. Yeah. And it's kind of going crazy. So they get it out and, and the cat's uh, name is Aloysius. Aloysius. I see I didn't even know that. <laughs> um they they get a cat out of it and he's turns out he's the sole inheritor of this man's estate now i i didn't understand whether it was a man a real man because the butler was a real man and and because sometimes you find these do you know these these ultra rich people die and for some reason they 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 leave their entire estate to a cat's home or something like that right (laughs) and it really annoys to family you see some people trying to you know contest a will and things like this so i thought that i don't blame them you know that's, that's what i mean so it's kind of funny like you know they're kind of bringing this this, this guy yeah this guy's yeah. an entire state to a cat and the, and the butler's annoyed about it so the butler's <laughs> the one that's replaced him with his mate who's dressed up as a cat and then launched the cat off the <laughs> off the bridge um and so basically uh snooper and blabber mouse they they said all right we'll I'll help you get this thing back and they end up like having this kind of ruckus and they, they, they go to the house and they, they, they try to come up with a plan to, to, to get rid of the other guy. And then after all of all that they do, they end up helping the baddies. And yes, yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what weirded me out. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I, I saw that. And it, again, it was, it was different in the sense that, the good guys, you know, it wasn't a happy ending and whatnot, but it kind of, yeah, it kind of ended with them tricking Snooper and Blabber and they have to run for yeah. it. So what does that mean? Does that mean the baddies end up with the end? Yeah, I think the baddies won. 
Um, and they, and but more to the point, the baddies were aided by Snooper and Blabbermouse. So yeah. So what happened to Aloysius then? I don't know. He's just uh, probably ended up back in that river. <laughs> yeah. See that? That's kind of what weirded me out. Um. So uh, yeah, like I said, this is kind of like very <clears throat> short notes on this one, but the next one's even shorter. So uh, the next one was. Which I thought was quite funny. Again, um, it was the the witch from Hansel and Gretel's on trial, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> for for the crimes of trying to cook Hansel and Gretel. Good. So and what it, justice? And it turns out that the first person to take the stand is is the witch, and she's like, "No, I was just there, and I was cooking this chocolate pie, and then." The kids came knocking on the door and they were really abusive and then and they and then I said like but you can have this pie and then they threw it at her. She uh, <laughs> I'm about to swear. <laughs> and, and then and then all of the uh, then Hansel and Gretel take the stand and they said that's not exactly what happened. It was like this. And it's and loads of other people who are kind of witnesses are brought forward to you know, to think and it ends up that the the <laughs> the, the, the witch was lying, and she did it the whole time. But and then her last line of the of the of the episode was, "Well, you can't blame a girl for trying, can you?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and I kind of, I kind of like the take of the fair. You know, what happened after the facts and the fairy tale? Do you know what I mean? So, I kind of, I've kind yeah. of liked the fact that they explored that and they made a bit of a joke out of it. And it's yeah, funny. So I've, yeah. I, I didn't. I really like stuff. Yeah. Like that. So I, I really enjoyed the episode, and I really enjoyed you know, kind of exploring that, but I didn't get to watch any more episodes, unfortunately, because I just, just yeah. plain ran out of time this week, but um, two, two episodes that I can honestly say both made me laugh. That's all right. Um, okay. So I watched big diaper caper. So Snooper and Blabber are going to an evil scientist residence to babysit a sinister baby. And so I think it's like kind of a Frankenstein kind of deal. And they're all like, oh, well, go through and make sure the baby doesn't wake up. And they're going to some scary convention and what have you. And so the baby happens to drink some formula. So he drinks a bit of Hyde Bitter and (laughs) Jekyll Juice. So he drinks that. And so he's turning into Dr. Jekyll and Hyde or whatever that deal is and obviously um blabber's like snooper snooper look at him he's turning into a giant and he's like stop messing about he's not and then he's a baby again and then he turns into a thing and then he turns and once he turns back into uh to the jekyll and hyde whatever they run out of the house they're going (laughs) ah and then the wife i did like this bit so the wife is like oh dear We've run out another babysitter. And then it ends with the little man going, we've never had to pay for a babysitter, though. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) And it kind of ends on that note. See, now, okay, I'm going to confess that I fell asleep watching the next couple of episodes. So my information is going to be very foggy. (laughs) Sketchy. Probably worse (laughs) than yours. Yeah, so there's one called Fee-Fi-Fo-Fumble. So another, another fairy tale. He wants to earn, yeah, he wants to earn a, a pussyfoot award. So they they're at the Private Eye Annual Award, and he wants to try and win the pussyfoot 
statue. So I think it basically is a, a play on word on like pussyfooting around and investigating us. There's this bunch of these old white guys going, oh, tell ho, cheerio, let's win this award or what have you. And so Snoop is going up to uh, present his case. And so he's talking about something to do with a giant. I've got on my note, Jack and the Beanstalk. I ain't telling. I'm not really sure what that means. Um, I'm not sure he even wins the award in the end, so I'm going to leave that. Go for goofers. So Snooper and Blabber are trying to remove a, a pesky gopher from a rich garden, and they're trying just about everything, but they end up failing. So that was that episode. I did make a note of the finale, but I do not remember. I, I, was, I was out for the count. So, uh, yeah, just like you, I also ran out of time. So I didn't necessarily uh, maybe do that show justice. Um, anything else on Snooper and Blabber? Nope, nothing to report. Right, so for the first time, we're going to have to pick. For the first time in... Oh yeah, since well, the first time I was going to say first time in twenty twenty, but no, we have we have done some stuff. <laughs> Do you want to go first? First time in four or so weeks, yeah. You. Um, right, so I'm going to choose Snooper and Blabbermouse. I knew you would purely because it actually like um, it made me laugh, and uh, although I liked the, I like I like the sequential effort of. Um, of uh, rough and ready, but I just think that I found um, I found Snooper and Blabbermouse more funny. That's all. I don't know who I'm going to pick. I think I'm going to pick Rough and Ready only because it made sense. You didn't fall asleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think if a cut, co- well, if I fe- if I fell asleep, it would be like. I watched the first episode and it'd be like the last episode. I'd be like, oh, they went to space and they're back again. <laughs> that's how that's how it would be. But uh, again, yeah, Snooper and Blabber was actually, it was kind of cute. I like their tandem. I think both shows were, were kind of decent. Yeah, both, both, so like, both shows, were, 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 they were good. They were good cartoons. I can't take anything away yeah. from them, but I just, yeah. Yeah, God, me neither. So, uh, of course, of course. And... There you go, yeah. Both shows were good. Good job, guys. Now we go on to the main event and the Yogi Bear Show. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, Yogi Bear. So we're going back to January 1961. So some of the things happening in the world. Following a four-day conference in Casablanca, five African chiefs of state announced plans for a NATO-type African organization to ensure common defense. The charter of Casablanca involved the Casablanca group, Morocco, the United Arab Republic, Ghana, Guinea, and Mali. British authorities announced that they uncovered a large Soviet spy ring, the Portland spy ring in London. John F. Kennedy is sworn in as the 35th president of the United States. 
and I believe he was the first Catholic president. I didn't know he was Catholic. Yeah, I think he was the first, the first, first Catholic president of the, the United States. I'm sure he was. 101 Dalmatians was in the cinema. Oh, it's such a cracking Disney film. And Poetry in Motion by uh, Johnny Tillotson was number one in the chart. The Yogi Bear Show. So again, this was a television series produced by Hannah and Barbera that centered around the misadventures of a forest-dwelling bear, Yogi, in Jellystone Park. Initially, it made his debut in 1958 as a supporting character in the Huckleberry Hound show. And Yogi Bear was considered to be the first breakout character that was created by Hanna-Barbera, and it actually became more popular than the show it was originally part of, so the Huckleberry Hound show. And in 1961, he was given his own show, The Yogi Bear Show, which was sponsored by Kellogg's. And the other segments for the show were Snagglepuss and Yaki Doodle. I do like Snagglepuss. I'm Snagglepuss. I'm a cat even. I talk like this in a certain way. Very sing-song even. And uh, so Yogi was one of several Hanron Barbera characters to have a collar. So this allowed animators to keep his body static, redrawing only his head in each frame when he spoke, which was, again, one of the methods that Hanron Barbera used to cut costs and reducing the number of drawings needed for a seven-minute cartoon from around 14,000 to 2,000. It's an animation. And Yogi was accompanied by his constant companion, Boo Boo Bear. And they would often try to steal picnic baskets from campers in the park, much to the displeasure of Park Ranger Smith. And the plot, yeah, so the plot of Yogi cartoons was centered on his antics in the fictional Jellystone Park, which is a variant of the real Yellowstone National Park. And Yogi had a girlfriend, Cindy, who was obviously disapproving of Yogi's uh, antics. Yogi Bear had a number of catchphrases, including, like I said, his pet name for picnic baskets or uh, picnic baskets. And obviously his favorite self-promotion, I'm smarter than the average bear. And he's obviously overestimating his own cleverness. And yeah, another characteristic of Yogi was his deep and silly voice. He often greets the ranger with a cordial, Hello, Mr. Ranger, sir. Or, Hey there, boo-boo. You want to go steal some uh, picnic baskets? <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some wonderful cake. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, God. I've missed doing voices and accents and impressions. I enjoy the impressions, I have to say. I know y'all miss it. Don't don't pretend that y'all don't miss my voices. <laughs> and he would use puns in his speech. And he had a habit of pronouncing large words with a long vocal flourish. And obviously, Yogi's name was similar to that of contemporary baseball star Yogi Berra who was known for his amusing quotes such as half the lies they tell about me aren't even true. 
And actually, Yogi Berra sued Hanna and Barbera for defamation. But their management claimed that the similarity of the names was just a coincidence. And Berra later withdrew his suit. But the defense was considered implausible. And obviously, in 1964, you had Hey There, It's Yogi Bear, which was a 1964 animated feature released by Warner Bros. Pictures and Columbia. And like I said, some of the characters, Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, Ranger Smith, and Cindy. So uh, let's talk about the Yogi Bear show. I I liked it. I, I, I really... I really like Yogi Bear. I really do. I think this is one of the shows that when I was a kid, I didn't like it that much. But my dad did. I remember my dad really liked this show. <laughs> um, so my dad, I, I remember watching it a few times with my dad and, and my dad loved it, loved the catchphrases, loved everything about it. Um, yeah. But it's never one of those shows that I got into as a kid. But So when I was watching it this, round, this way around, now, now I'm a dad and I'm watching this show. Uh, and and now I have to say that yeah I didn't really enjoy the show. <laughs> I mean, okay, as as a kid, I don't believe we saw a lot of Yogi Bear on on TV. So it would be very rare that they would show like on CBBC. I remember Yogi's Treasure Hunt used to come on CBBC. And often, not often, but like sometimes, like once in a blue moon, they might show the Yogi Bear show. And so watching it then, I I was, I mean, I didn't love it as a kid. I was, obviously, I know Yogi, I know Boo Boo. I, if it was on, like, if it would be on TV, I would watch it. I would sit down, I would watch it, I would enjoy it, but I wouldn't be clamoring for it. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be going, oh man, I wish... I wish I could watch the Yogi Bear or the way I would with Top Cat. So Top Cat, I love Top Cat. Loved it as a kid, loved it when we did it on the very first episode. And I would often try and go out my way to watch Top Cat, which wouldn't be the easiest thing if you had five channels. But uh, it's still still you would try to, to, to go and watch it. But with Yogi, I'm watching it now. I was laughing. I was enjoyed his voice i missed that he'd be like talking in rhyme so he'd be like boo boo it's a wonderful day to grab a picnic basket but be careful we don't end up in a casket (laughs) and let's not hope that the park ranger will stop us (laughs) hey and yeah so that the way he talks the way he is Everything about it, I just thought it was, yeah, I, I, I really, really liked it. I, yeah, and I like doing his voice. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed the picnic basket because I was doing my research, and obviously they're saying they actually wrote it out as in like picnic. Yeah. And I'm watching it, and it's like, oh my god, he does say that, doesn't he? He does say, Oh, and I think, um, who's your man that did the voice for Rough and Ready? Dawes Cutter? Dawes Butler. Yeah, so Dawes Butler did the uh, the voice of Yogi Bear, and he did the voices of other other well-known Hanra and Barbera characters. Yeah. Uh, it was... Not sure who did the voice for the Ranger, uh, Ranger Dibble. Dibble. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Ranger Smith. <laughs> My bad. I didn't. 
I mean, get them all mixed up. Shoot. It's literally the same guy. Look what you made it's me do. It's literally the same guy, though, with a different outfit on, though. Come on. <laughs> no, but obviously Dibble had, like, a New York accent, didn't he? Yeah, but I mean... He'd be like, how you doing, DC? Are you up to no good again? Uh, maybe it's his brother. Where's this one, Adam Moore? Where's Yellowstone Park? Clearer. He's in California. Well, it's, well, it's Jellystone Park, isn't it? Yeah. It, it kind of used the name of Yellowstone, but it's a, it's very much Jellystone Park or Jellowstone. That must be his brother then. His twin brother. They went separate ways. and <sighs> Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, like, I think Yogi Bear is probably the, the, the one character that really broke through for Hanron Barbera in terms of the early, the early, like, the early days. Obviously, they were kind of experimenting with Rough and Ready and Huckleberry Hound and well, I think that Quick Draw McGraw. Yogi and... Bear is one of those characters where you can say that most people... Most people you come across Most have heard of yeah. Yogi Bear. Whether they've watched it or not is another is another matter. But everyone knows the voice, the style, and and what he kind of looks like. I think you know, like, yeah, most people I reckon. He might have been. I I think he might have actually been like the very first like Hanron Barbera character that they kind of put out there. Yeah, and be like, you know what, this character will be around long after we're not. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those iconic... Because obviously, Tom and Jerry, I guess they can in some way lay claim to Tom and Jerry being theirs. But with Tom and Jerry, obviously it's MGM. They own it, yeah. They were just employees of MGM yeah. at, at, at the time. But with... With Yogi Bear, he was the first, first that really broke through, and it kind of gave them the the clout, and it gave them the the reputation to go out. And I think roughly around that time, they could then make the Flintstones, and they can make the Jetsons and Top Cat, and people will trust Hannah Barbera yeah. to make good good programming and good good cartoons. So that. Yogi Bear, I will say, it put them on that on that footing. It put them on that on that footing where they could be trusted to now go and make other cartoons, and people will will trust them, and they'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and they'll give them every chance to get to know them and to really end up enjoying them. And I'm sure with Yogi Bear that they definitely enjoyed them because I watched. How many did I watch? I watched one, two, three, four, and then, yeah, two of the new Yogi Bear. So I watched six episodes in total. I only managed to watch three, two of the old and one of the new. But um... Yeah, so obviously I think with, and, and, and with our kind of generation, it kind of transcends because obviously the older generation, you're talking about your dad, your dad probably remembers the, 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 the 1950s and 60s version. From the Quick Draw McGraw show and then the Yogi Bear show on on its own, whereas us, we're probably more inclined to know the new Yogi Bear show, which came in September 1988. So that might be the one that we gravitate towards more, and that would be the one that we watched more than the the old old version. So, um, yeah. speaking of that, shall we uh, 
dive into episodes? Um, yeah, I'll go first. Otherwise, you'll just <laughs> I will have nothing to talk about. Um, um, so series one, episode one was um of the old one was when basically Yogi Bear's trying to escape from the national park, and the rangers not letting him escape. He, his job is to keep him inside, and they try loads of different ways of of trying to get out. Like um, they they <clears throat> everyone says. Uh, when they see him, oh my god, look at that bear! Um, <laughs> oh, I actually wrote it down. I wrote it down. It made me laugh so much because he's like, you know what I hate, Bobo, is everybody coming going, look at the bears, look at the bears, look at the bears, and literally people driving by going, look at the bear, look at the bear, look at the bear, and he's trying to get away, he's and he's like trying to highlight thing. that, and then someone's going, look at the bear, look at the bear, and, he, and they're like, stop that bear. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I have to say I really enjoyed that bit. Look at the bed. Look at the bed. There's one time when um, he pretended to be dead and was laying on someone's like car, <laughs> and and they were like, "Oh, you're not allowed to hunt bears in this place." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Oh, I'm going to see just before I was going to make sure that he's." Oh no, no, he goes, "Oh, I guess you can take him if he's dead." Yeah, and so he's he's smiling to the camera, going, "Hey." Smiling, and then he goes, "Oh, we're gonna have to check." <laughs> he pokes him or something. <laughs> um, there's another uh, one he tries to pole vault out, but <laughs> stops dead and crashes. Yeah, uh, and there's one. Uh, how does he get out? Does he catapult himself out of the out, out of the um... dynamite? Yes, yeah, so he blows himself out of the fire. And... Dynamite! Dynamite! <laughs> <laughs> and he says, um. But before he says he says that, he's like, oh, it's a good job that he hasn't escaped because he says to Boo Boo, he says, like, the park rangers says, like, oh, it's a good job he hasn't, like, out because hunting season's just started. And he's like, and he just finds him straight out yeah. of the uh, park. And you see, like, flashes of gunshots and he's just running, banging on the door. Um, just saying, oh, I miss it. I've been gone for 10 minutes and I miss it already. Oh, apparently in an interview, because this episode's called Yogi Bear's Big Break, this was actually uh, Hannah Barbera's favourite Yogi Bear episode. Oh, really? I think they they said that this was their uh, their favorite Yogi Bear's big break. I, I have to say I did quite enjoy it. The next episode I watched was straight into episode two, where I'm not sure what the episode name was, but uh, basically Yogi Bear's trying to hibernate, and he sets his alarm clock. <laughs> I like his alarm clock. It's got like the seasons instead of the time. Um, ah, so yeah, I remember. <laughs> so he that sets now. the clock yeah. to like. Um, to spring and then he, he's about to go for a for a sleep and he gets a knock on the door and it's this little blue duck and he's like kind of a little cute duck and he's like oh really i can't do the voice i'm sure you'd be able to do the voice way better than i would but he's just like um anyway so, but he so he's he's rattling on the door as yogi's gone to sleep and he's saying i'll oh, let me in because it's cold and he says well, aren't you supposed are you supposed to go on south for the winter he goes yeah but i got lost and i can't go there by myself <laughs> he says right and, and he, he basically kicks him out and, he, and the kind of the duck kind of gives him the old sob story and he lets him end up letting him stay he says, as long as you don't disturb me you can stay but the first thing is he wakes the bear up because he's snoring he can't sleep then then the duck is in bed with him and he pushes yogi out of bed because he wants all the room then Yogi Bear makes a bed for him in some drawers. But as Yogi snores, he's like breathing in, going, and it brings a drawer out. And then when he breathes out, then it slams the door and it slams the duck in the drawer. It's quite funny. Um, and then then Yogi Bear goes, hang on. 
but hang on, oh, you can talk about the new Yogi Bear or no? Yeah, at the at the end, my next episode is. I was gonna say before before we go to new Yogi Bear, I'll talk about the old stuff and then we. Can okay, go. sounds good. So the so this then the bird. So Yogi goes for a walk outside or to get something or something, and the and the bird the duck sees him outside. He's like, oh my god, there's a bear outside, and he shoots him <laughs> with his gun. He goes, and then Yogi comes in. He's like, he's like, Yogi, there's a bear outside. He's like, yeah, I know, I was, I was the bear. Uh, then the uh, then the the duck gets cold, and he says, "Can I light a fire?" He goes, "Yeah, but you've got to chop the firewood yourself." And he chops the biggest tree down, and it smashes Yogi. <laughs> Yogi goes to see what he's doing because he hears all his racket, and it falls on Yogi Bear. Then uh, in the end, Yogi Bear gets fed up with it all so he goes if you're going to stay here I'm going south for the winter and he makes a giant catapult and catapults himself south for the winter and the little duck has the bed to himself and that's the kind of <laughs> and that's the, that's the last one of the old ones I watched right okay so the old ones I watched so the two I watched that was part of the quick draw McGraw show so yeah Yogi Bear's Big Break that was the very first episode we kind of talked about that how he's trying to break out of Jellystone Park. I watched episode 10, I think it is, The Brave Little Brave. So there's a little Native American boy, and he's just basically walking around with a bow and arrow trying to shoot anything going in Jellystone Park. But Yogi Bear keeps getting arrows in his backside because he keeps shooting backwards. And Yogi Bear is trying to like teach him how to not shoot, and he just keeps saying, like, look, stop shooting, stop shooting. And basically what happens is that he he draws a target on a tree. Like, he tries to paint it, and he's like, the only thing you can shoot is that target. And obviously he doesn't realize that the target is now on his butt. <laughs> so he's always like to the little boy, if you say a target, shoot away. Hey! And so the boy just like, pew, pew, and he's just like, <laughs> ow. He goes, not me, shoot the target. And then the boy ends up in the river. He's trying to catch a fish. And so Yogi rallies all the animals to save him before he goes over a waterfall. And then the two episodes I watched that was part of the Yogi Bear show on its own. So the very first episode was Oinks and Boinks. And so this is a little play on words about the three little pigs. So the three little pigs are having a discussion. And so one of the pigs is like, yo, man, check out my straw house is dope. And the, and the clever pig is like, yeah, that's going to get blown down. You should come to my house with the bricks or whatever. And the other the other one's going, oh no, no, I've got a house made out of um, sticks. She goes, that's gonna that's gonna last, that's gonna last. And Yogi and Boo Boo are lost. They're trying to find their cave. And so the three little pigs are like, Hey, we got this really cool straw house. How about you guys move in? And Yogi Bear's like, Oh, well, don't look a gift pig in the mouth. Hey, <laughs> and I'm gonna move into this house. And so the wolf is outside going, oh, yes, I know how this goes. I'm going to huff and puff. I'm going to blow this house down and I'm going to have pork chops for dinner. And so he goes, I'm going to knock on the door, but it's a formality. Wink, wink. So he's knocking on the door 
And then, and then Boo Boo answers and he's like, huh? Who are you? What are you doing here? And so he goes into the house and he's like, why are there two bears in the house? What happened to the pigs? And the pig, and he was like, oh, well, these lovely pigs gave us this house and we're going to live in here. And then the wolf is just like, oh, you know what? Sod it. I'm just going to blow this house down anyway. So he blows it down. And so the pigs are like, oh, why don't you come? And they they come and they encounter Yogi and Boo Boo again. And then they're like, oh, why don't you um, come and move into this uh, wooden house? And because the other pig was like, you know what? I've He's like, instead of, he's like to the other, the other pigs, right? You guys need to listen to me and you guys need to come with me to the, to the brick house. Because then there's no way that the wolf's going to blow that down. So they're going on. And so Yogi and Boo Boo go to the wooden house. And then the wolf is outside going, right, two pigs in that wooden house, pork chops for dinner. I'm about to go bag it. So he's going in there, knocks on the door going, it's a formality. And then he's like, what, you again? What happened to the pigs? And then he blows down that wooden house and they eventually find their cave. But they find out the pigs are inside the, <laughs> uh, the cave. And so Yogi's like, hey, what happened to your brick house? And so he's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of red tape and bureaucracy. <laughs> so we decided we're going to live in this cave. And they're like, uh, we're, that doesn't really work for us. And they're like, oh, whatever we're gonna live in this we're gonna live in this cave with you guys and then the wolf comes to the cave and he's like i'm looking for three little pigs so yogi bear's like hey they're they're inside and so it kind of ends with they getting their cave back and the wolf chasing the the three little pigs so that was quite a a cute little episode and the final episode of the Yogi Bear show was Yogi's birthday party. So uh, it's a it was basically a special feature length cartoon. So everybody's trying to like they're trying to trick Yogi into a surprise birthday party. So they're trying to um, tell him that you're going to have to perform on TV. So I, I like the beginning where they're like trying to figure out. So it's the park ranger. He's like, oh, so he's like, all right, before we start this production, we have to try and find the right theme song. And you can hear. And he's like, no, not that one. Not that one. And then they're trying to play the Yogi Bear theme song. And they're like kind of spell his name wrong. And they're like, oh, OK, we'll fix that later on. And so they're trying to train Yogi into doing this show. So they're trying to get some guy trying to teach him how to dance. And he's like, oh, well, what do you know? I got two left feet. Hey. And so there's another guy trying to like teach him rhythm going, you have to go like this. And then Yogi's trying to go. And he's like, okay, this isn't really working out. And then Yogi's conscience comes to him while he's sleeping and he's like who are you and he's like i'm your conscience because i'm smarter than the average uh, conscience and so he's 
the conscience is telling him, look, you can't perform on this show. You're basically going to make an ass of yourself. You should not perform. But then they, um, they're trying to like get him because he's trying to run away. And so they're luring Yogi with a picnic basket. And so he's like, oh, a picnic basket. So he's running to the picnic basket. And then he's basically yanking him up into the air. And he's like trying to attach himself to the picnic basket. And he's like, oh, I wish I wasn't such a, a sucker for picnic baskets. And so they bring him to the studio. And they're like, oh, look, it's your surprise birthday party. So they get some characters from Hannah and Barbera to wish him happy birthday. So you see um, Snagglepuss, Quick Draw McGraw, uh, Huckleberry Hound, Snooper and Blabber. They're all coming and they're like, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday. And then they sing this really cool happy birthday song that you can hear in the background. And it's not like happy birthday to you. It's like a really nice, cute... Happy birthday song that they sing for him, and so he does a, a, a nice little speech, and everyone's going, "Oh yes, happy birthday, Yogi!" and what have you, and everybody sings, and yeah, that was the uh, the old Yogi Bear show, and then the new Yogi Bear show, which came in September 1988. So you had new characters introduced such as Ranger Robido, who is Ranger Smith's assistant, who is a chubby, who is chubby and tiny size. There's Ninja Raccoon, who's a Japanese raccoon cub who wears a kimono, and his mom. And Greg Burson became the new voice of Yogi, because Dawes Butler had died in May 1988. So, uh... Let's talk about some of the episodes we watched of the new Yogi Bear show. Um, so I only watched one of these new ones. Um, and first of straight away, I was like, this is the one I recognize. Um, yeah, me too, actually. Uh, so I was like, oh, there's the there's the ranger, there's um, him, and uh, it looked more familiar to me. Um, mm. uh, so the one, my notes are really sparse on this, but the, so basically what happened was they, they had... Um, the, the park ranger gets uh, woken woken up by this kind of like he was kind of like a drill sergeant guy, and it was he was like the um he, he was a park inspector, but he was kind of doubled up as like a drill instructor. And it's kind of a bit weird. So he was he was inspecting all the elements of the park. Is a house, a park, when this and that and the other. And then to 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 deflect from him, the ranger said, "Tell you what, like got these bears that are not that great." And he's whipping into shape, kind of thing. So he sends him over to to Boo Boo and to to Yogi, who are sleeping in a cabin. Um, and they he kind of blows a whistle, gets them up, and he's like, "It's one minute past six. You got to do this. You got to do that." And he's like, "They can do all these fitness things." And then when they have breakfast, they have all this health food, and they're like, straight away, they're like, "Ah, oh, don't like this. This sounds like health food to me. This doesn't sound like this doesn't sound that great." And um, uh, they end up, um, so they, they're obviously they're, they're trying to take shortcuts in everything they do. They don't want to eat the food. They want to do all the fitness things. And they get to um, their cave, and he says, "This cave is a pigsty, and they have to to tidy it up." And they they put all the they brush all the dust underneath the carpet, and then Yogi Bear sneezes, and it goes all over the little drill sergeant guy. Um, and then 
they keep kind of taking shortcuts, taking shortcuts, and then they end up like uh, on one of the other jobs they 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 do. They end up. That must be Ranger Robido then. This one's called Bear Obedience, episode sixteen. The episode. Yeah. Okay, no, but I'm saying the um the ranger that you're talking about. Ranger, what's his name? Ranger Robido. He's this little geezer, anyway. He's not like the normal one. And he's chubby, isn't he? Uh, but he's really short, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, so, because so, my note says he is tiny-sized and chubby. Yes, that'd be the guy. Gotta be him. So then, uh, yeah, then they end up finding a picnic basket and they eat that, and it's kind of a bit cheeky, but a bit funny as well. That's about it. That's all that happened in that episode. Okay. So I watched the first episode, which was Kahuna Yogi. So somehow, I think Yogi and Boo Boo are there. They're, they're on. They're on a car somewhere, and they're traveling someplace. And the car basically veers out of control. And Yogi and Boo Boo are like ending up on uh, a game show where I think they have to like dress up as a baby. So they end up in just baby clothes. And then they end up on going to a trip to Hawaii. And while they're in Hawaii, they just cause a big old mess. And they come back, and the park ranger's like, Where the hell y'all been all day? And he's like, I want, I want the truth. Like, don't, don't mess me about. What, what have you guys been doing? And so Yogi explains the whole story, and the ranger's like falling asleep. So it's just like, yeah, whatever, okay. And then the last episode I watched was Yogi meets the mummy. So I don't know who sanctioned the archaeological dig, but apparently in their cave there's an old mummy, and. Yeah, it's, it has to be the cave has to be excavated or whatever it is excavated. Yeah, and so eventually, what they do is they go and look for it themselves because I think they have to go. There's like a party, and you and you're dressed up as like mummies. I think that's like the theme. It's like fancy dress party, and the theme is mummies, and they manage to like find costumes in the cave and whatnot and it turns out that there was someone who was stealing all the gold he was it was kind of like scooby-doo in the sense that he's dressing up as a mummy to scare people away from the cave and then he ends up stealing it and then in the end they discover it's that guy he did it so it was very very scooby-doo-ish this episode but uh yeah they end up having a nice old party and a, and a good old time. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's all I got. And obviously Yogi's treasure hunt. So that was his show. And he was obviously um, a part of that. And uh, it'll be a show that we'll probably end up doing one of these days. And yeah, I think, yeah. Any, any last words on Yogi bear? Um, no, what what I will say is that it's um it's one of those shows where, um, I I really enjoyed discovering the show, like uh, again if you like. Obviously, I knew of it before, yeah. but it's quite nice to yeah to to actually say now I I, I can I we had to get references and I be able to you know 
understand more when people talk about it and be able to pitch in myself. And I really enjoyed that that that, that discovery this time around, if, mm. if, if you like. Mm. Thinking. No, no, I know, I know, I definitely know what you mean. And it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was nice going back to watch this, and it was just something that it was, it was genuinely funny, and it held up relatively well still after 1960s or whatever it was when it when it when it came out, and it didn't feel lame, it didn't feel silly. Obviously, with Boomerang, I sometimes would watch Yogi Bear when it used to. Um, when it used to come on, but it was, um, yeah, like I said, it was nice discovering this. Again, I was a lot more, okay, this Yogi Bear version makes sense, the the new Yogi Bear show as opposed to um, as opposed to the, the 1960s version, the original version. But, yeah, it was, it was nice going back to watch this. And as I said, it was probably the, the one cartoon that really put Hanna-Barbera on the map as – as cartoon makers and it kind of gave them the opportunity to really go out and experiment more and kind of see what they can do because they had such a good track record with their programs and Yogi Bear was the one that in my opinion kind of set that all up so that they can make other characters and other programs maybe all of them didn't work but most of them did, and they could attribute that to Yogi Bear. And judging by that silence, I think, yeah, we can bring it. We can bring this episode to an end. Like we said at the beginning, if this is something that can bring you a little bit of joy, just for a little bit, then uh, yeah, we we aim to do that, and yeah, we're here. So we're gonna keep doing this, and we're gonna we're gonna keep on going, I guess. And that's that's all pretty much I can say. And uh, yeah, so if you had been listening to the episodes while we were away, we really appreciate it. And yeah, eternally grateful for all the listeners and to all the nice comments. And obviously, if you still got more nice comments to say, then obviously they're more than more than welcomed and and whatnot and uh yeah yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from so like share subscribe do whatever it is your podcast platform allows you to do keep supporting keep listening because we uh we appreciate it very much we're on the socials on instagram at yesterday's capers one we're on twitter at yesterday capers we're on Facebook as well. So if you go on facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers, you can find some of our stuff on there as well. You can follow me on Insta at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And yeah, I mean, join us next week for another episode of yesterday's capers. <laughs>